Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HCCU Sports Lab to see if my team wanna lose. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lose. Looks like we got Doc stuck there. Yeah. Well, Michael, let's get ready to uh, up and go with this uh, uh, episode of Dr. Gill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Coming to unite from uh, our home offices, of course. Of course, we're coming off of the SWAC championship game as we get back into it. Uh, I tell you what, Mike, you know, as we wait on Doc to get back in. Uh, oh, there, there he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been quite the weekend, Charles. I mean, with, with, I saw with, you, Charles, take over. I like that. Yeah, Jackson State doing it right now. They just take over. <laughs> Dr. Ville's inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Benjamin. Seriousness, appreciate you picking up as you always do, leading from uh, the front. Welcome to episode 340 inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show is covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBC sports, from institutions large to small, from the NIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kavila, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live, Caseways 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper, multi-Hall of Famer, as many will say, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THC Agency. THC Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting analytics. With that being said, I'm going to go to you, Mike, and just ask you, how's your day going? Man, it's rough, man. Is it, is it, is it Thursday yet? I'm, I'm serious. It's been a long way. It's been a topsy-turvy weekend. <laughs> That's I mean, tough. There's nothing going on in the world of HBCU sports. There's nothing going on. So, <laughs> so, so other than that, life is good, Doc. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be back on the pod with uh, you and my boy CB. Man, I ain't gonna lie, we missed you in Jackson. Uh, Charles took care of me though. I had a good time. If I wouldn't have had to get out, I would have got some chance with some with the brothers there from Jackson. Had a the chapter there is they celebrated. Uh, we did it online, but they had breakfast. And, you know, Charles, he was so engaged. He asked my phone call. I would just go tell him, appreciate everything. It's such a nice trip. But, you know, what, what, they probably what, what, was sipping on some mimosas. The founders day, you know, they were doing it. Uh, so what, what it was big. What does a Jackson breakfast consist of? I want to know. What does a good Jackson <laughs> breakfast consist of? Hey, hey, watch this, Mike. It's Benedict. <laughs> 
Egg Benedict. Egg Benedict, I hear you. Uh, that, is, that would be that would be right answer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Charles, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Doc, man. I tell you what, it, it is uh yeah, I'm doing well considering this. I, I I know what some people think, but no, nah, it's finals week for me. So it's <laughs> that, that that has my <laughs> attention and it has all my time and energy and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it is what it is. There's a lot of people uh, in their emotions right now. You know, you try to uh, help people get through that right now. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm extremely uh, excited for the opportunity that Coach Prime has in front of him. And, and yep. Jackson State football, they'll pick up from here and go from and go from here and see what we'll see what happens. Yep. Big, big, big deal. I, I like the way you put that. Uh, before we get into it further, let's jump in there about the SWAC championship game. Attendance rivals Power 5 title tilts from HBCUsports.com uh, puts out an article that's interesting about attendance, one figure of how you measure the success of a, a conference championship game. SWAC championship game rivaled attendance figures for many Power 5 conference title games over the weekend. On Saturday, Jackson State's 43-24 win over Southern Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium drew 53,754 fans. The conference championship game record exceeding 2021 total just last year where they had 50,128 also played in Jackson when JSU hosted Prairie View. Swag title game ranked at the sixth most watched in the country in regards to the SEC, 74,810, which is the big gorilla out there. Big 12 had 69,335. Big Ten had 67,107. ACC also had 64,115. And Pac-12 had 61,195. So you look at the literally the Power Five, they all had over 60,000. Um, and then you jump to an FCS program with the SWAC with 53,754 fans. That was above um, G5 members such as Conference USA with 41,412. The American – Athletic Conference at 30,118. Mountain West Conference at 24,037. Sunbelt, 21,545. Mac was 15,550. And then another intriguing uh, piece of information that just kind of tells you that you also had Championship Week CFB TV ratings. Obviously, um, with the attendance of the SEC and what you imagine, SEC Championship game, Georgia, LSU, uh, which got out of control pretty early, was on CBS. It had an RTG of 5.6 with 10.89 million viewers. Uh, the Big Ten, that was a 4 o'clock game. The 8 o'clock game on Saturday at the Big Ten Championship uh, was on Fox, which is Michigan and Purdue. The SEC game was Georgia and LSU. Um, that was on Fox, 5.5 for 10.7 million. You had the Big 12 Championship at 12 o'clock. On ABC, Kansas State TCU, 5.3 viewers, 9.41 million. And then it drops off uh, less than half. With the Pac-12 championship, which Utah and USC, that was an 8 o'clock Friday night game on Fox, 3.3 viewers at 5.97 million. You had the uh, AC Clemson in North Carolina, uh, which was a Saturday 8 o'clock kickoff. Uh, which had 1.9 million on ABC, 
I mean, 1.9 RTG, I should say 3.47 million. You had the American AAC Championship, Tulane UCFL on ABC, 1.5 and 2.7 million. Mountain West Championship that we told you about the attendance at Fresno State, Boise State, Fox, one RTG at 1.94 viewers, and that was a four o'clock game. He had the MAC Championship, Toledo, Ohio on ESPN, 0.43, at 12 noon. He had the SWAC Championship that was 415 is what they have listed as the window, which was SWAC Championship game Southern and Jack State ESPN, 0.23. At 391,000 viewers, which beat out FBS program Sunbelt, played around the same time, 3.30, was actually on the higher network in terms of ESPN, Coastal and Troy, which had a lower rating at 0.19, uh, 332 viewers. So the SWAT beat out at least one program in terms of viewers, uh, beat out five in terms of attendance. So let me go to you, Mike. What are your thoughts when you put all that together? Because I know you love data. And then since uh, Charles is having to do some his tests and preparing for it, I'm going to talk to him a little bit about his thoughts on it as well. Yeah, so when you look at data like that, uh, just real quick, it's, not important. It's, it's important to not just look at the raw data. You look at capabilities. You look at us, uh, other X factors that are in the equation. And then you look at potential versus actual. So potentiality, there's an equation in engineering for potentiality and the max. And I wonder if we do this, you look at what was the actual versus potentiality. Um, It's an equation in engineering, the max output versus what you could have possibly put in. Just kind of looking through the rough numbers, for instance, you look at the Big 12, I think it was like 68, 69. You know, there's an X factor. What potentially could they have gotten? what was the actual output and then you know what were some mm. other you know factors or parameters so it, it's right. i don't want to take you into the engineering the business world but when i look at kind of the numbers and i look at potentiality and actuality and all of the x factors i look at you know what occurred at the swag championship and they max out just me looking at raw numbers what potentiality they could have achieved uh so i'm very happy that you know, you know, what was it 53, 54,000? I forget. I looked at the numbers when I was looking at the game. Uh, and to me, that demonstrates maximum business performance, maximum capability. And I don't want to get nerdy all on you, but I thought that was a great output compared to all of the Power Five uh, uh, parameters. If you put them all in the same equation, put them all in the same graph, look at potentiality, actuality. You look at that and you look at what the SWAC did over and what they've done over the past couple of years. And it, you can't, you, one thing rings up data point success, mm-hmm. success, success in viewership, success and participation. Because the other X factor you got to look at is what's outside the stadium, what's part of the participation, what's part of all of, all of the pageantry of the SWAC championship. So I, you know, I, I hated to go all nerdy on you, Doc and CB, but I was kind of looking at those numbers. I looked in at the, I was looking at the Big Twelve Championship. I was looking at the SEC Championship, and I was com- putting those on an even plane. And that's what you want to do. And I looked at, I was really impressed by the turnout in the stadium. I was by the experience. 
Um, the other the, the other X factor is I don't think others offer the experience that we do still uh, in our SWAC championship. So um, I'll stop right there, pass it on. But um, I was really impressed with the turnout, with, you know, with the game itself and all of the pageantry around the game. Good stuff. Good stuff. Great points. And I'm glad that you went into the data like that. I think some people would enjoy that contextually. Charles, what are your thoughts? You know, it's uh, funny, Mike, that you mentioned the the, the potential uh, of what could have been. And uh, by most accounts, you know, and talking to a lot of Southern fans, uh, they thought it was a, a, a light Southern crowd. Uh, and you still had 53,000 people there. So uh, when you started going in that direction, I just kind of thought about that, you know, uh, what could have been, you know, uh, uh, and I don't know what factors went into that, you know, uh, uh, with regards to, you know, uh, the size of uh, the visiting crowd, but uh, they normally pack a punch. And, and it's not to say that there weren't still quite a few Southern fans there, but uh, I've seen more. And, you know, since maybe some factors that went into that, that was, you know, uh, how things went with the Bayou Classic or uh, just travel fatigue, you know, going to the Bayou Classic. So, uh, but it speaks to the health of the league. I mean, uh, speaks to the excitement of, of, uh, of the conference. Uh, excitement with regards to this Jackson State football team, the Southern football team, and by all accounts, it, it was a successful day. Absolutely. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, let's stick with the SWAC championship game. Uh, I want to give some information in, the, in regards to MVPs. I know people have known that before, but I'd love to acknowledge these college athletes. Um, they'll be playing in two weeks uh, in Atlanta, so uh, they deserve as much as attention as possible. Jackson State 12-0. Won its 18th swag championship and clinched a berth to the cricket celebration bowl uh, for Saturday. Uh, we'll show you some pictures here in terms of some of the sights and scenes, courtesy of the SWAT page network, sights and scenes of SWAT championship game in terms of on-field celebration, things of that nature. Uh, that Saturday, December the 17th in Atlanta is where the celebration bowl will be played, as you know, the cricket celebration bowl, which will be versus North Carolina Central. It is the first back-to-back -back SWAC titles for JSU since 95-96. Quarterback Shador Sanders was named Offensive MVP after passing for 320 yards and four touchdowns. Linebacker Aubrey Miller was named Defensive MVP after making five tackles, one sack, and three tackles. But loss in regards to what was going on there. Uh, we'll get you some of those um, pictures just to give you some updates of what it looked like that, like I said, sights and scenes. But before we go to a break, let me stick with you, uh, Charles, in regards to that, as you see some of the pictures there, the bands, Southern. And we'll get into the marching sport a little more in terms of Thursday, give you my outcome of what took place uh, between the Battle of the Bands, what that does for the rankings, to see if we will get a band championship matchup or was there a major upset. You see Shador there, Aubrey Miller, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the offensive and defensive MVP. You see um, them in action, so pretty nice stuff. Uh, we also have trophy presentations. Before we get into that, let me give it to Charles in terms of his thoughts in terms of this matchup. Let me let me let me pause a little bit and get him excited. I'm gonna go to Mike first and let you uh, go out uh, as a champion as you are the swag. <laughs> Man, I can't believe I say that. Go ahead, Mike. All right. So, so what do you want to know, Doc? What do you want to know? What do you want to know? What is it you want to know? I just was asking, you know, your thoughts on the pitches and the scenes and stuff like that. I know you weren't there, but you got to watch the game. This is what yeah. it looks like on television. You know, 
you know, I, unfortunately, I wasn't there. That's why I was mad because I would, couldn't make it this weekend. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm gonna save you a so, little bit. Let's take this. But, let's take this but break. I will. I don't, want, I don't want you to show all your heart thugs. Let's get into this break so we can get back on the other side, okay. um, and then we'll okay. come back uh, with a little more. We'll get back into that. Uh, I, I, I do have some notes as a, as that I wrote down. Yeah, I want to make sure we're gonna give you a chance to talk about it a little more. I know you got some notes, and we're gonna get Charles thoughts because we want to brag your chance about. I thought yeah. I gave him enough on Sunday, but he still wants some more time. With that, this Doctor Bill HBC Sports Lab. We'll be right back after the break. All right. <laughs> From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service slow burn is waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com that's www.slowburnwaco.com the human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E.com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, sir. and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. So let's let's get in the poll rankings. Not a lot of changes here, but let's see if we can get these poll rankings up um, and give you some updates for week number fourteen. Um, as you would imagine, with Jackson State staying undefeated, there's not a lot of talk in terms of what's going on in the bottom teams or what they are. So nobody dropped out this week. Still have Delaware State receiving votes. We move in the top 10 uh, with the Howard Bison uh, as they are five and six, and they remain at number 10. Let's go into number nine, which is Alcorn State Braves, five and six, four and four on the season. 22 points, they remain at number nine. At number eight, you have Texas Southern Tigers, five and six, four and four on the season with 30 points. Uh, at number seven, Alabama State Hornets, six and five, four and four, uh, 46 points. At number seven, they remain there just like Prairie View remains at six. Uh, at six and five, five and three, 
with 58 points. So the bottom six teams of the poll rankings remain the same in this week. And then when you get into the top five, there's some changes there. At number five, you have Southern Jaguars. They fall to 7-5 after losing the SWAT championship game, 5-3 uh, and three in terms of division, uh, I mean, conference race, 6-9, 69 points. Falling one spot from number four, which brings us to number four, North Carolina and T State Aggies. Jump up to the sec, uh, fourth spot with seven and four, four and one on the season, 71 points. Priest ranked five. At number three, Florida and them Rallis, nine and two, 71 on the season, 95 points. Bringing us to number two, which is North Carolina Central Eagles, nine and two on the season, 71 uh, with, excuse me, four and one with 97 points. Uh, you have Jackson State Tigers, 12-0 on the season, 8-0, 12 first-place votes, 121 points. Jackson State remains number one. Get this out. For the 13th consecutive week since week one, they did not start out there. Week zero, that was South Carolina State. But after they claimed that spot for week number one, they have remained number one. Um, and after week number four, they gained all the first-place votes, and they've been rolling ever since uh, that matchup. Let me go to you, Mike, since I kind of took away a little bit of your thunder there. Um, what are your thoughts on the ranking? No, I think I think the ranking in the poll is it. I think it hit it on the nail at the end of the season. I think the teams are, are appropriately ranked um, given their record, given who they played. I, I think the rankings are, you know, shouldn't be touched. So I get I tip my hat to you, Dr. Cavill. And whoever voted on this poll and the poll ranking committee. Um, <laughs> so I won't say anything about that. So so kudos to you and your and the poll system. It should be the national official HBCU ranking. I'll I will go on board and say it should be the official ranking for HBCU football, period. So y'all, y'all, y'all hear that, y'all hear that out there. And oh, speaking of which. Uh, all these uh, SIDs who watch this program, uh, put put Doctor Cabell's poll in your in your program. My goodness, exactly, exactly. Appreciate appreciate that. Appreciate that. With that, I'm, I'm gonna go to you, Charles. Make sure you get a chance to hold on to Mike a little longer, making comments like that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the poll break? Yeah, I mean everything fell into place. I think you got it right. I think uh, when you take a look at. Uh, uh, we're about to play for this Black College National Championship. These are the two best teams that are sitting out there. And, uh, again, I mentioned those teams that made improvement to get into the poll um, that weren't in the poll last year. You know, you uh, have to say kudos to those teams for um, making their season uh, a bounce-back season, getting there into the thick of things. And, and it's something to look forward to for next year especially. Yeah. I do yeah. have a question. I do have a question. You asked the question sure. during – I think it was uh, media day for me and Charles. I think you asked it of AD and everybody in the crew, the best three in the East, the best three in the West. You do that every year. Um, yes. It, Go ahead. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to say I probably was a little bit off. I wonder, wonder who was who was more on if I look at your poll. <laughs> I was just a little bit off. <laughs> so that's a very interesting. You know, I remember having Texas Southern like second or something like exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> we we picked, you know, some picked Texas Southern as an X Factor and we picked other, some picked Alcorn to be higher than they were. And 
uh, it's just interesting how that plays out, Doc, that mm -hmm. profound question that you ask at that time of the year. So, Yeah, that's, that's a great point when you talk about that because I had prayer before, so it's, it's, it's tough for folks to kind of saw the season as it unfold, and a lot of people are probably disappointed about how Prairie finished. But when I go back and talk about where I had them ranked, it's, it's wild for me to be like, in all actuality, they actually overachieved based yep. on all the variables and analysis I had. So it's just weird when you go and get a chance to take a look back. You know, Charles, how did you finish off in terms of how you picked it off since Mike has kind of uh, told on himself? What about you? Yeah, I don't think I budged from him to say number one. I know that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think um, uh, my, my questions that I had, especially for Southern at the Swag Media Day, uh, it played out during the course of the season because I saw where a lot of people had them ranked to kind of finish first in the Swag, uh, and they did. But my question then was who was going to play quarterback? And it just so happened things worked out, you know, and that they were able to win the SWAC West. But, you know, I think that was a, a lingering question during the course of the season in terms of uh, the quarterback play. And uh, we saw in the SWAC championship game, you know, how things kind of played out. You know, you never know uh, how much more of an improvement of the season might have been uh, had we seen um, um, Bubba McDaniel. McDaniel, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. I don't want to get but too far in this because I just yeah. – I, I, I want to go back to Mike giving a chance to talk about swag championship game, but you just talked about quarterback. And we'll get a chance to talk about this throughout the next couple of weeks, but I do want to acknowledge this. Just think about this matchup. Swag, offensive, defensive player of the year. They were both swag MVPs, Shador Sanders and Aubrey Miller, junior right, for Jackson State. MEAC players of the year because they were recognized officially at the National Football Foundation, the 64th annual one, in College Football Hall of Fame press conference, which airs live on ESPN3. You had Davis Richards, um, uh, Offensive Player of the Year for the MEAC. Defensive back was Khalil Baker, uh, obviously Defensive Player of the Year. So when you think about this matchup, you have future guys, defense that have showed up for their teams this year in their conference, respectively. Um, same in regards to the offense. Uh, I think it just makes up for a fascinating matchup when you talk about that. But I wanted to acknowledge um, MIAC offensive, defensive players, away, just like I did for the SWAC in terms of previously last week as we talked about offensive, defensive, but uh, we looked at them in terms of MVP. So th th this is a beautiful matchup. Obviously, you'll go in with people having their favorites, what took place in history, and people will talk about the matchups. But this is what you want for a bowl game that's featuring two champions in terms of the records, the accolades for multiple players. Um, it seems to have all the pieces to the puzzle that uh, makes this very exciting in terms of what that looks like. Coaches of the year uh, for both teams' uh, conferences uh, will be featured in this matchup. Wow, it's just amazing. when You, you just got a list of that you can check how many players – on both teams made the first and second team uh, postseason announcements. Uh, so fascinating there. But before we get in that, I did want to go back and give you a chance, Mike, to kind of break down from a viewer side as we were there live and we got to talk a little bit about it on Sunday. But to bring you back into this, I want to talk about how you felt about watching it. 
Yeah, so let me set the stage. I, you know, gotten in from from Mexico, went to, you know, a real cigar barge bar that was fer- featuring this game, this game only. And, you know, <laughs> you, see the, you see the screen and you see nothing. You see you you see the Jackson State crowd and then you see where where I guess the Southern crowd was sitting. And if you know uh, HBCU sports, you know Southern typically travels. There was a noticeable, you know, somewhat of a dent in the Southern crowd, typically, at least from what I saw on the TV. Typically, Southern travels, they were there, but there was a noticeable kind of dent. And But the pageantry, the, the way they covered the band was, was, was awesome. Um, the, 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 the angles on the football, almost pro-like. So you know how they take you into the huddle? Typically, they don't do that for a college game. At least for this game, they did take you in. They took you into it. But at halftime, they didn't show the, the bands. You know, it was ESPN. So they didn't show the bands like they typically do on any of So if you, if you watch the Bayou Classic at halftime, they're going to show less of the analysis and more of the bands. Here in this case, they didn't show. They showed very little of the bands. But you got a picture for what the stadium looked like. And they showed a lot heavy, heavy, you got a heavy, heavy dose of the drum majors for Jackson State. Now I don't know if that's political. Good stuff, good. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I mean, it is a Tuesday runoff election in Georgia. So politics seems to be uh yeah. per the course if you would have looked into that. So um, fascinating to see how that turns out. And obviously, for those in Georgia, still need to get out, um, up upon it in terms of the closing of probably many of the precincts there. Uh, but certainly, hopefully, a lot of people did um, take the opportunity to vote. With that being said, in terms of Charles, you know, how was it to, to for the second time? Was it any different than how you felt the first time? Obviously, a lot of emotions were going on, understanding what was going to take place. Yeah. But as somebody that was in the action um, and was working, did you get a chance to kind of sit back and to, to take it in any? Or were you just so focused about the work at hand, um, being able to do the pregame show stuff? Yeah, I, I think I took it in on the on the team bus ride into the stadium. Uh, because in my head, I knew that there was some finality. To and this has been a special group. You know, this is literally going to be one of those teams uh, that could be mentioned as the best ever, Jackson in, in the history of Jackson mm-hmm. State football. So I did take a second to, you know, really appreciate that. And then just thinking back, thinking back over the past two years, you know, it has been like traveling with the Beatles or something. Uh, every hotel uh, that the bus shows up in, there's, you know. Jackson State fans out front cheering. Uh, just the whole way that the Jackson community really, uh, again, they galvanized around this football team, galvanized around this program. Uh, and to see that again uh, to the fever pitch like it was back when I was a kid growing up in the 80s and Jackson State was in the midst of this 28-game swag win streak, uh, it really was. It, it was a community um, outpouring of love uh, for Jackson State football. And I mean, in a lot of ways, that of course carried over into the 90s, but to see, to appreciate where it had been and how low it had been, 
to see what it come, you know, it had come to to this, you know, this this swag championship. I, I just took a chance to really appreciate that and really enjoy it. And you know, I, I believe I tell you, I, I remember that game at Prairie View when the the kickoff and the wind took it back behind the, the kickoff team's head, and it was just the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. And to see how it's completely flipped, you know, it, it, it was. Uh, it's, it's, it was, a, a you know, I had that melancholy moment where it was like, wow, you know, this is this is really cool to see uh, this team back up in the upper echelon of swag football. And if, I, one time. If, I, if, if I may add, there mm. was lots of tailgating shots for whatever reason for tailgate. And you saw family shots. Mm. And it just made you feel a certain way. Mm. It made you feel like Jackson State was family. And they were sharing historical facts. Like I said, they didn't show the halftime, but they showed a lot of lot of family settings in the tailgate area, which I thought was fascinating. And it and if you know anything about HBC, you know that hits you. you. It hits home. It's personal. You own it. You own it. If that was Purview, I can imagine that in Purview. I can imagine that in Texas Southern. That scene where you got family there, you know, generations of folks you know, celebrating the Jackson State game and, you know, amongst the, the overarching Jackson State history facts of, mm-hmm. you know, you know how many times Jackson State has won it, all of that's good, but that setting just said any, everything kind of gripped me. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I'll say this, this the last time I say this, Charles, I was there, obviously, and we kind of had just started on our road, you know, we were learning each other and obviously created a quick bond, uh, bond there on multiple levels. Uh, but I could tell the agitation, uh, the concern and the frustration uh, because you were still uh, individually love HBC sports. So you saw what, what Prairie View was doing and you were excited and proud for us mm-hmm. in terms of seeing that. But at the same time, you had your emotions there. So seeing somebody that took pride in other folks' celebration because you have appreciated for it. I can honestly say I'm excited for you, um, your family uh, that grew up in there and many other Jackson State fans that have treated me um, on top and number one. So I'm really excited that you got to go through this process over this period of time. And we'll get to see. Hopefully the road is not done in terms of the championship game. And I say that only from the perspective of not just an HBCU fan, but a swag person that is like tired of hearing everybody talk about to be a be up on the swag. So we need to even this out a little bit. Right, right. Everybody a swag, everybody a Jackson State fan. Well. So, <laughs> yeah, so we'll say that. But let's get in this break. We'll come back right back on the other side. We'll get in a little more analysis and see if we can get uh, updates in terms of uh, breaking down some other things as we get back after. Stickers will be right back after this break. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. 
shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love that. So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. I, I wanted to get into this matchup. Uh, we teased out a little bit that obviously from my perspective, Dr. Bill's inside in the poll rankings that come out and those that uh, participate in there. And both of you all have agreed uh, with that. So that means a lot that we have the number one team, obviously 12-0, 8-0 Jackson State versus uh, North Carolina Central coming in at 9-2, 4-1. A lot of ways you can go in this matchup, but I wanted to talk about some of these players. Um, First, I'm going to start with you, Charles, uh, from a Jackson State perspective. Talk about what makes Shadur Sanders special at the quarterback position. What does he bring to the table uh, that some people have saw but may not really understand the depth of what he does? He's a student of the game. Uh, He's a tremendous student of the game. He's a film junkie. Uh, And he uh, has the ability to make a a lot of throws. I mean, he he gets the – when the ball is coming out and coming out on time, uh, he can be lethal because he's very accurate. I think that's the biggest thing that jumps out uh, with regards to Shadur Sanders' play. Uh, but he puts the work in. He puts the preparation in week in, week out. And um, it, it is very hard to uh, to beat a quarterback that not only prepares but but is extremely accurate. I mean, uh, he I've seen him fit, fit some balls into some tight windows. And then uh, the ability to throw from one hash to the opposite hash, 
those uh, those dangerous passes. So uh, he brings so much to the table. And I, I think, you know, just the ability to recognize defenses. I mean, there are, are just times where, you know, he's checking out of a bad play to get Jackson State in in something, uh, a much better play, a much advantageous play. And I think that's the biggest thing that really jumps out with regards to Shadur. With that, Mike, uh, same question to you. When you talk to Shadur, you're talking about 3,383 yards, 36 touchdowns, obviously, uh, in terms of what he was able to do coming out of his final game. Um, obviously, he uh, has the most touchdowns quarterback at Jackson State, and this was just as a sophomore. Uh, six interceptions, only six interceptions on the year. So really getting it done. What have you seen when you get a chance to watch Shadour? Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of his ability to take control of a game, play the quarterback position? Instinct. Inst instinct, big time. Um, you, you know, you heard CB mention some of the intangibles. Uh, the ability to drop back to read defenses, to roll the pocket. I saw a couple of back shoulder throws that, you know, yeah. you ask pro quarterbacks to throw. And he threw them, you know, with seemingly ease. He threw a couple of them actually on the run. And that's the type of pedigree. That's the type of characteristic that you look for in your quarterback as a leader. Scrambled when necessary, didn't overdo it. But all in all, if you look at it, you know, there was a couple of plays that broke down. It's that instinct to bounce out a certain way and to look for the open man to keep eyes downfield. And that's what I saw in Shador. Yeah, I agree with the way he moves his hips um, and has that ability for those that have seen other quarterbacks to spin. You see that a little bit with USC quarterbacks up for the Heisman, how he can uniquely feel the rush. He doesn't have to see it, uh, which is just insane instinctive and the vision that you have to do that and not be locked in, but still kind of watching down the field to see what happens. The ability to take a step up in the pocket or back in the pocket, you know, roll around is, is fascinating when you talk about that. Moving over to North Carolina Central and Davis Richards, uh, 242,473 yards, 24 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Obviously he has the ability to do it with his legs as well um, as uh, he's been sharp. Um, sticking with you, Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of the Eagles uh, QB, uh, QB1, as you would like to say in a lot of that? He's uh, Shadour is 6'2", he's 6'3", so similar in heights in comparison, uh, but obviously uh, dual threat, as some people would call him in terms of what he gets done. What are your thoughts and what he brings to the table in terms of this matchup? In two weeks, yeah, he's got number one the prototypical. He's got somewhat of the prototypical size, but he is a true dual threat in that his efficiency is like one hundred and sixty percent. Number one in passing and number two in rushing. But to be the intelligence is knowing when to excel at one or the other. Being able to read defense, know all right. I need to exercise. I need to be. Or I need for my team to success be successful, I need, you know, to use my legs more or I need to use my arm more. And if you have a dual threat that knows the difference, not just has the capability to do different, but has the intelligence, the game intelligence, the game IQ to know when to do the both. I think that speaks a lot of that quarterback. And I think that's what you see in Davis Richard. Yeah, 
Before we get into this next break, and then we'll bring on our guest, Jay Skywalker, who will really provide us analysis uh, from a person that has done it literally at the highest level in terms of the quarterback position. But before we do that, I did want to get your perspective on Davis, Richard, as we talk about the quarterbacks in this matchup. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I think this will be the best dual threat uh, quarterback that Jackson State will have seen this year, bar none. Uh, and I think one of the things uh, that uh, has been brought out with regards to Davis is uh, he's accurate. He's accurate on the move. And I think that's something uh, that uh, you did not see a lot with regards to swag quarterback. So it'll be a different challenge for this Jackson State defense in the way they try to attack Davis Richard because he can't get away from the pressure and he can't keep his eyes downfield and find receivers. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out. Certainly. And we'll take this uh, last break. Uh, we'll come back on the other side uh, and we'll get the man of the hour to kind of come in and tell us his thoughts on this matchup, which he'll be calling in a couple of weeks. So excited about what uh, Jay Skywalker, Hall of Famer, for those that don't realize it, come back. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service slow burn is waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com that's www.slowburnwaco.com Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. We have Jay Walker joining us. Uh, that is Skywalker for those that don't realize the Hall of Famer. Uh, join the ESPN. 2005, we see him uh, often as he college football analyst. See him obviously specializing with HBCU games, but he calls other games as well and even dips his toe, if you would, a little bit on the baseball scene. As people didn't realize that uh, uh, he does that as well, coming in and playing some baseball uh, during his career. Uh, with that being said, welcome to the show, Jay. Fellas, fellas, what's going on? It's been a while, been a while, not too long, but always glad I can catch up with y'all. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been too 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 while. Uh, you know, we kind of put you uh, in prison, if you would, you know, a little bit on the on the sideline because Miak was doing so well against the SWAT. <laughs> Some people say that. At least that's the excuse we're gonna breathe. 
and let you have a little fun with that. But on the seriousness, you heard us talking a little bit about these quarterbacks. Um, I don't know anybody better that can have to talk about quarterback play in general, but specifically of what you've seen. Can you talk about these two quarterbacks? And if you would, let's start with North Carolina Central's quarterback, Davis Rich. Yep, uh, gotta go back. I know y'all down there in the south. So I heard my man call him Davius Richard. Nah, it's Davius Richard. So it's Richard, not Richard. <laughs> Bringing back some Quincy Richard memories and stuff like that. But, uh, but 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 Davis Richard is he's he is, he runs the ball extremely hard. You know, I remember there were times when when I was in the NFL and you would play the Tennessee Titans and they were like, man, Steve McNair's running the ball harder than Eddie George. Well, Davis Richard runs the ball harder than any running back they have on their roster. So he's a load to breathe down. I mean, he's strong. I'm talking 6'2", put together 225, chisel, bench presses, you know, 400-something pounds, can squat, strong. So he is a strong, hard runner, and he knows when to call his own number, which is, which is the key. So he's a pocket passer, but when he runs, not that he's running fast, he's just strong and athletic. So I think – and he makes good decisions. You know, he makes good decisions, and I mean, he's, he's a good-looking prospect. I mean, he, he can play. He's the reason why he's the player of the year in that conference and the reason why he's been battle-tested. We saw him emerge when he was just a freshman making starts, and then now he's, he, his junior year, you're like, man, he keeps getting better and better, and he's like a one-man wrecking crew for that offense there. Let's go on the other side. You've had a chance to watch this young man up close as well. Shador Sanders, what are your thoughts in terms of what he brings to the table? Uh, Shador is a pocket passer first and foremost. You know, he's a rhythm passer. Mm -hmm. He wants to get the ball snapped. And when he gets clean looks and he can pick you apart pre-snap read, he's going to hurt you. But when you can get to him and move him a little bit, not to say he looks average, he's very good. He's really worked on his mobility. But the rhythm, you know, if you take a rhythm passer and you don't let him throw a rhythm, then everybody else has to catch up and get on the same page, and they don't always do that. That's when you've seen them struggle. But if you give him the opportunity to get a pre-snap read and you can keep him upright and clean in the pocket, he's one of the most deadly passers in the game. Before I let these gentlemen get a chance to ask you some follow-up questions, uh, break down just quickly, and I know you'll get a chance to do this more over the next couple of weeks, but take us inside what you do in terms of preparing to analyze the game. For those fans that don't uh, get to do that but hear what you say, what are some of the things that you want them to think about during this matchup as they plan to either watch you live in terms of watching on television or they're at the game? Uh, you know, like when, when I'm an analyst, you know, my as a quarterback, you know, I, I, I cheat. Like wherever the ball is thrown, I can pretty much tell you where the receiver came from and how he got there. So – that you part there, that. I'll be watching. I'll be like, man, why, he just broke. But he should do this. He's about to do this. I'm like, nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I know that. But what I like to do is like, you know, football's a game where you need an all eleven and down in the trenches. You know, to me, like I've always mm. thought the play that you don't see at home, like anybody can see the running back running down the field with the ball. Who's the guy that he ran behind? Who sprung him? Who who's the tight end or the H back that got that kickout block that you might not have seen on television? But I saw it in the stadium, and I got to highlight that. So I, I'm looking for those. When I'm watching film during the week to prepare for a game, you know, numbers are numbers. You know, you, you know that Dallas Daniels is going to catch so many balls, and his uh, Rico Powers is emerging, and, you know, you got uh, hooks. Those guys, you know that. 
but who are the guys that are helping support them? You know, who's the guy that's clearing them out? Who's the guy that's blocking downfield? So those are the things that I try and get in preparation. And I ask the coaches, like, you know, give me that guy that when he when you come to practice every day, he's always got a great attitude. When he walks to the building, if you had 11 more of them, life would be easy. And, you know, the coaches will tell you, the good ones <laughs> will tell you. And some of them will lie to you, but, right. you know, but you, you figure it out. And so that's what I kind of – that's the passion I like. You know, not everybody's going to be the star, but who's doing their job and how do we highlight those guys that are doing their jobs because the stars are going to show up. And, you know, and if they don't show up, that's a problem. So that's kind of my mindset and preparation yeah. on it. That is so true. If they don't show up, that's a problem. Uh, a lot of yeah. fans have realized that over this year. Uh, Mike, go ahead and follow up with a question. Yeah, Jay. Yeah, thanks for your analysis on the QB. And I'm one of those from the South, so I mistakenly used the word Richard, but I was correct myself, <laughs> just like I use Alcorn or whatever. Those folks let me know as well. So <laughs> can you can you take me on the other side of the ball and let me know at least initially what you're looking at, what you're looking at, what you expect defensively from both teams. You know, North Carolina Central. You know, they've, you know, they've lost a couple that we thought they should have won. So it depends on which NCCU team you get. And then Jackson State's been a little bit more consistent. What are you seeing are keys on the defensive as an analyst? And what do you look for? Yeah, you know, to be honest, I'm like a broken record, but it's another cricket celebration bowl. I mean, every year we go into it and the storylines never change from week one, from year one to now this is year seven, right? Who's going to win the Battle of Trenches? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I remember last year I told everybody, and, you know, B- uh, Bishop will tell you, we were out there talking about it, and I was like, hey, I'm talking myself into giving myself a reason why South Carolina State can win this game. I said, I got to hype up the game because it was all JSU. But I said, if you had to ask me why they could win, I said the reason why they could win is because, one, the MEAC kind of thinks that they're better, and, two, in the trenches, you know, South Carolina State got played in the trenches, and that's the the battle of it. And it's played out where the MIAC has won that way because of the trenches. And I think Jackson State is bringing probably probably the second most physical team I've seen coming from the SWAT. The number one team was probably one of those all-corn teams with, uh, when they first got there. They, they were pretty physical. But it always comes down to those trenches. And mm-hmm. the, the, the D-line for the SWAT, they got great numbers, but I don't think on a weekly basis, they're playing as tough as offensive line as you're seeing in the Mid-East Athletic Conference. That's why North Carolina Central was able to go on the road and beat New Hampshire playoff team because their defensive line is good. Their offensive line is stout. you got to be good on offense and defensive line in, in that conference. So Jackson State is, is shorted up, but I think we all agree, if you had to find a chink in the arm at all for Jackson State, it's been that offensive line. When, when, they, when you can get to Shador and some teams can manhandle that line up front, they look very mediocre. Uh, to your point, they also closed out the season going on the road getting a win against Tennessee Tech. They were not a playoff team, uh, but a non-conference win at that was pretty solid, certainly. With that being said, uh, Charles, what's your follow-up question? Uh, Jay, I, I want to ask this. Uh, Jackson State comes in with number one defense in the nation. Uh, and I wanted to ask, has there been a comparable opponent uh, that North Carolina mm. Central has seen with regards to uh, the the physicality that you talk about with this Jackson State defense. Uh, I think you know, for me, like when when the number two who, who number two defense in the conference this year, it was Southern, right? It wasn't Fam. It was number uh, yeah, it was, was yeah, it was Southern this year. And it's like you know, I would say when Florida and them was in the MEAC, 
their defense was middle of the pack. You know, they were, you know, fifth out of eight. You know, they, they weren't dominated. So when they come over to the SWAC last year, they were number two. And you know, number one, number two, this year they're number three. So I just – I can't see anybody on paper that they face. I mean, Campbell, you know, Campbell and Campbell beat Central. You know, Campbell beat Central and, you know, Central's worst game of the year. So you could say that Campbell team and that Campbell team kind of manhandled Central a little bit. I don't know if Jackson State has the – and Jackson State didn't manhandle Campbell, and Campbell didn't manhandle them either. So I think, you know, you look at that and you just say, hmm, can Jackson State do like Campbell? But physically, Jackson State is not big enough. I mean, Campbell was huge. You know, you saw those six, eight, six, seven tackles. Jackson State could prepare for them. Central didn't. But you know, that uh, that offensive line, they, they, that, they, they haven't seen, hmm, that's a good – an offense like this, like Central – yeah, mm. maybe Alcorn, maybe Alcorn a little bit, you know, maybe because you know they're gonna try to mix it up that run that throw. They ultimately want to run the ball first on you, you know, Fred McNair and, and Jackson Rose in the challenge. I mean, they struggled a little bit earlier, then they they kind of blew them out. So I, I'd say maybe. What about what about Southern when they switched to McDaniel in terms of what he went to? Good point. Yeah, good good. Good point. That's close. Yeah, that's a good one there, Doc. That's, that's a good one. I want to think about that. I'm, I'm thinking Southern with Bichon, and then that just didn't work right. at all. Right, which I can understand because that's <laughs> what you've seen most of the year. That's the yeah. yeah. But McDaniel came yeah. in there. McDaniel came in there and gave him trouble. And uh, yeah. if McDaniel gave him trouble, David Richard going to give him a whole lot of trouble. So Yeah, but you, <laughs> at least you have – at least you will have prepared for David Richard, whereas the film wasn't there for, you know, Buck McDaniel. You know, there, there's a preparation for blood. There's preparation for, for McCray. But, you know, not so much third-string quarterback. Yeah. And think about Jackson. What makes him unique is, you know, Dennis Thurman, the coordinator, you know, I don't know if y'all saw the game, but I was like, man, if I was Jackson State, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't blitz him right now. Then they set up the blitz, and I was like, well, at the end of the day, JSU going to do what JSU do, right? And they're going to play man-to-man. They're going to try and bring an extra guy to blitz. And they got gas. <laughs> and I was like – they were like, man, how'd you know that? How'd you know that? I'm like, I'm not a genius, but JSU going to do what JSU do. <laughs> yeah. So when they get in trouble, they're going to try and out-athlete you. And doing that, you expose. One guy miss, misses the block, and it's, it's a big play. So uh, I want to see how this plays out with Central having so much time to prepare for them. And yep. are they athletic enough to play with them? That's going to be the key. Do they have the athletes? Because if, if JSU can come up to your face and out-athlete you, they will do it over and over again. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I know you're a very busy man, and we appreciate having you on, but I remiss if I didn't give you a point to a privilege to go and uh, say any closing words that you want to close out in terms of what we may have missed and questions that we should consider. No, I mean, yeah, it, it'll be a good one. It's it's it's, it's Miak versus Swack every year. They call me a Miak homer. I'm like, I just call the action. I, I haven't made a tackle in this game yet. But I've just watched it, but but it's a good one. I hope everybody comes out to Atlanta to, to support your conference. I, I thought that was huge for South Carolina State. They needed that victory, and I know that it's unfinished business. And you know, the, the I'll tell you, the, the Jackson State stuff, uh, what they've been through. You know, it's uh, me and Tiff are going to be on ESPN tomorrow, just talking about our personal opinions on how it went down, what went down, and I'm sure you could talk about that for a whole show there. But um, I, I'll reiterate what I said on TV is that I think, you know, Deion Sanders, 
doesn't know Jackson State anything. For all he's done, he doesn't he doesn't know Jackson State anything. Uh, if you could have looked at him and said, "Hey, this is what's gonna happen after three years," you would have said you're lying. And so it's tough though. I think we're gonna miss him in the HBCU landscape, no doubt about it. Fans are gonna be fans and be disappointed. But in terms of what he did, you know, the stuff he that they got a chance that you know that locker room's not going nowhere, that field's not going where people know right. where Jackson State is again. That that's still gonna be there. So. It's a tough one, but, uh, you know, Ashley Robinson, AD over there, I think he's got a plan in place. We'll see. And I'm always big, like, Jackson State being good was good for HBCU football. I mean, they're one of the blue bloods, you know. They're one of the blue bloods. Right. not good for down. So, you know, when you watch college basketball, it's always good when Kentucky and Duke are pretty good. <laughs> when they're bad, uh, you, you know, you kind of question it. So, uh, hey, 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 Jay, I, yeah. I, I love you. I appreciate it. I just want to take the opportunity to say – the next time football season starts and you give me that give me five, there are HBCUs west of the Mississippi. I'm just saying. that That's come from TSU, <laughs> yeah, that comes from Grambling, that comes from Prairie View, comes from Southern. There are HBCUs west of the Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I'm trying to think which one. Okay. I, I, never, I never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never heard of them, but... <laughs> But man, I, we, I, we can't wait to catch up when we get to Atlanta, man. Imagine this, though. Imagine this, though. It says, yeah. it, he brought a good point. I mean, four years ago, the whole talk was nothing but the West and the SWAT. Mm-hmm. Grambling, Southern, yeah. Prairie right. was rolling. I mean, yeah. that was the power. You didn't want to be over there. Yeah. And then when they added yeah. all corn, you're like, oh, man, it's really loaded. But, yeah. I mean, see, I just called like I said. See, when I was talking about the West way back then, oh, okay, now when the East take over, now it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> The, the East is loaded. That's you don't want to be in that East right now. <laughs> so, oh, can't win for, can't win for doing, doing my doing job, man. Do. I can't win for doing my that's job. That's it. That's it. That's it. You keep doing what you're doing and bringing it oh. like you making us appreciate it. Appreciate oh, it, Jake. Just mess with us. Representing us up there with all that information. So we appreciate you. With that. We can't I wait to so, see you when we get down there to chop it up, talk a little more football. Definitely, Definitely. appreciate it. And make sure you tell your folks support support me and Tiff on Black College Live. Look us up on social media. Follow oh, us. Oh, for real. I do. I check it out every uh, every time y'all come up there and see it down there, and I will continue to put it out there. Uh, we'll run commercials on here for you to make sure that more people uh, that haven't picked it up realize it because it's a show uh, the way y'all put um, and go behind the scenes and really go into the institution and, and share the bands, share it with the students to get a chance to participate in it. Good job, great, excellent job in terms of bringing it to the people. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. that, man. I'll see y'all on the ATL. All right. All right. Uh, look forward hey. to it. Make sure you right. Tiffany, tell Tiffany today. Will do. I'll tell. All right. Take care. That was our interview, a breakdown by Jay Skywalker, giving you some insights in terms of behind the scene and analysts and what he does in terms of the covenant, giving you all different perspectives. So you have multiple ways to go. We'll continue to do this over the uh, next two weeks as we give you insights from different people, different perspectives. Uh, with that, um, we'll see if we can even get in on John Grant to bring him in. Might even sneak out to see if we can get Tiffany Green uh, give us some uh, takes in terms of uh, what she is able to do. With that, thank you for listening to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Nyakadil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our guest, Jay Skywalker, a Hall of Famer quarterback from Howard University, uh, now doing the sports analyst for ESPN.
football. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Yadikaville, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Dismiss. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah, yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tune into the HCCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talkin they know what they be talking about. Talkin they can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes.